The Car Guys Report Informed Automotive is up next, but first, take a listen to this other fine OPI show. This week on the Minutiaman Celebrity Interview, in studio with Jim Peterick. Listen to that guitar. Is that Rick or Jim Peterick? <laughs> <laughs> That's next time on Minutiaman Celebrity Interview. Great Talk Radio isn't dead, it just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Thanks so much for taking us along for the ride. Certainly glad to have you along here on the Car Guys Report. I'm Mark Vernon, along with uh, Lou Costable, and uh, we're keeping warm on a uh, uh, cold uh, fall day here in the Car Guys Report studio. And, you know, Lou, I keep seeing a couple of cars on the road. Uh, you know, we're, we're done with car show season. We'll be talking about season-ending car show thoughts uh, at the end of this uh, no, program. No, we won't. <laughs> Why? Because the well, car show season never ends. The car you, right? show season never ends. <laughs> you just have to go someplace warm. But Where it's ahead. warm. I, I will uh, follow along okay. with, with, the, with the Midwest car okay. show season. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Um, and during the summer, you know, obviously see a lot of neat cars on the road, whether they're just out for a Sunday drive yeah. or, or heading to a car show. But a couple of ones that I've seen uh, in the uh, waning days of the uh, car show uh, season, uh, nice 1964 Red Impala, always a classic mm. to see. Yeah. And uh, a nice one, too. We were just talking about this. We are going to have a special uh, Corvette C8 program on the Car Guys Report coming up. And Lou recently... Uh, videotape for his uh, YouTube channel, My Car Story with Lou. Was it a 69 vet, you said, with side pipes? 69, 427, 435 horse, L89 with a factory optioned side exhaust. Cool. So that was actually a factory option. Yeah. Neat. And in case people question that, they can look at the, we didn't have a trunk in the car, so you can look at the brochure, which shows that option. Okay. And then it also uniquely had hubcaps rather than rims. So, uh, you know, huh. factory hubcaps on it, which were uh, almost like luxury kind of mm-hmm. item versus, you know, a straight rim, yeah. which gives it a much sporty look. Sure. Cool. Uh, and, and that leads me around to a, a Stingray that I saw parked in somebody's driveway, a non-split window a black Stingray. So it would have been uh, probably like a 63 or 64, uh, but that had side pipes. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Something about Corvettes and side pipes just kind of go along uh, they, they, nicely. It, it was funny. They didn't call them side pipes. Uh, I'm not recalling exactly, but they call them like side-mounted exhaust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. <laughs> and what, is, uh, what, what does Dodge call them on your Viper? Um, just bad. I mean. <laughs> Badass <laughs> yeah. exhaust on the Dodge Viper. Yeah, just be careful not to burn yourself getting exactly out of the car. What they, yeah. There is a warning there that tells you, you know, there could be a side exhaust. There could be hot. We, there's actually a term for that. It's called a snake bite. Okay. Oh, so really? When, yeah. Okay. So when you step out of the car. With the Viper, yep, obviously, not if, a Corvette side bite. Right. So yeah. if you step out and you put your leg in front of the exit of the exhaust yeah. you'll get a little half circle on you a little moon and that's a snake bite that's a snake cool bite. yep see wow another thing i didn't know yeah that's the kind of stuff you'll learn here on the you, car guys you, report here's the kind of thing you do <laughs> this is a warning for anybody who does it so when you bring your son in the car and he steps out and says ow and then you know that the next sound you're going to hear is your wife yeah so, so is that why your wife never rides in that car? She she does ride in it, you know, but uh, not too often. With the asbestos socks, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, this car is just so hard to get into. Yeah, I, I do have to. There's there's a whole warning before before you open that door. Hold on a minute. Yeah. Just recognize that could get you right there. So, if you like uh, what you hear on the Car Guys Report, be sure to tell a friend about the Car Guys Report. It's available online at radiomisfits.com. You can follow us, of course course on twitter at car guys podcast and our email uh mailbox is open 24 7 our email address car guys report at hotmail.com i'm mark vernon along with lou costable um you know uh, you're in the it industry when you have a normal job lou not uh, when you're videotaping people's cars for your youtube channel and uh, you're 
probably familiar with the term plug and play. Sure. And it uh, is kind of a ubiquitous term these days uh, for something that is either just very easy to use or to retrofit. And as the electrification trend continues worldwide, we're going to be seeing more products, I think, coming down the line like this. A company called Swindon Powertrain is planning on introducing an all-in-one compact EV crate motor next year. No word yet on price uh, or battery, you know, which batteries or how many batteries it's going to take to run this thing, but it's kind of in the you know, announcement stage, I guess. They're saying they hope to start delivery sometime in 2020. But what they're looking at and what makes this thing unique is that it's a it's called a high-power density EV powertrain, and it's very compact in size. It measures about 24 inches wide, which is about 2 feet, 17 and a half inches deep, and about 11 inches tall. So it's 2 feet by a foot by a half a foot, or a foot and a half, and that's what uh, the car people are saying is pretty small, weighs about 154 pounds. It'll uh, be making about 110 horsepower, which is pretty good. Uh, so it'd be perfect. They show it um, kind of next to a Volkswagen Beetle, uh, thinking that could be kind of the car that it could go into or some other kind of small compact car. But it's an intriguing concept just because of the fact that uh, it's compact and they're designing it to be a plug-and-play kind of thing. And it includes everything, the motor, a single-speed transmission, cooling system and the power inverter so you pretty much have all your bases covered uh obviously you'd have to get your own batteries because that's going to be you know always one of the more expensive parts of any kind of ev electrification um conversion i know there's a lot of people out there that have converted a car here and there on their own many many years ago or, or even currently i ran into a guy at a car show this summer that said he had a fiat 128 and i said oh that's a cool car a buddy of mine used to have one of those you never see those anymore and he goes yeah well i converted mine to electric so it's like oh okay i mean i wasn't that enthused i would have rather have it have been the original 128 and on hemmings uh recently there's a um, a saab 96 that somebody converted to an electric vehicle too and they're doing it on their own but your saab's got how many horse 68 horsepower okay so it's actually a horse upgrade well this plug and play unit would be from swindon yeah right. i don't know which yeah. what how they rate uh power uh output on these home you know backyard things yeah but people have been doing it for a while it's nothing new but just actually thinking about having a commercially available ev crate motor as they're saying is pretty cool um again they're they're being vague on what kind of battery packs it, it might use and things like that will it fit in your car it would fit in the Saab, sure. It would yeah. fit. Oh, yeah, okay. you'd have plenty of room. Right. I mean, this the, the size of this thing, I mean, it's, you know, two feet by a foot and a half by a foot. It, okay. it could fit in almost right. anything. And, and the nice thing is, if you really wanted to get creative with it, you could use two of them for all-wheel drive in a, in a car or mm. a truck or something yeah, okay. like that. So uh, just something to uh, be on the lookout for. Swindon, S-W-I-N-D-O-N uh, is uh, how you spell Swindon. Swindon Powertrain. You can uh, definitely Google that and get more information. But I did want to talk about that because uh, as much as we like our internal combustion engines, you know, the EV, they keep saying, is the future. So we'll just have to uh, wait and see uh, what happens with that. But something to uh, definitely keep in mind. Well, the, uh, this this week, the big the big electrical news was you saw it, right? No, I just saw uh, just a blurb online. I, I haven't big, seen any pictures big, of it or anything. The, but The big news. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And we're going to be talking about that. The Mustang, the Mustang uh, SUV, yeah. which is an electric vehicle. Well, not SUV. Yeah, it's an SUV. Is it an yeah, SUV? Yeah, they're calling just, it the Mustang, but it's an SUV. I, I thought I saw, well, hold on a minute. I thought it was at SEMA, and they they showed you a regular Mustang that was a 900 horsepower electric Mustang. That would have been a one-off or a custom, yeah. because the new one that they're they're saying is going to come out next year is an SU, a compact SUV called the Mustang, and is made by Ford. It has Mustang design cues. It has uh, vertical uh, sequential tail lights. It's got a uh, hood that looks kind of like a Mustang. And of course, obviously, there's a lot of controversy now because they're saying like you're taking the Mustang brand and yeah. putting it on a, a, a not only an SUV but an electric SUV. So, huh? Yeah. And we're gonna have more I, information I, on that in a future we'll, episode we'll have to, because we'll have to see it. I haven't even seen yeah, it. Yeah, I've seen a picture of it. They're saying it looks a lot like the upcoming Tesla Model Y, which is the, okay. the new Tesla uh, compact SUV that that they're going to be coming out with. Uh, 
probably next year at some point. So, yeah, we'll see how that pans out. But the, not to belabor the point here, because I said we'll have more information out there. They were throwing around prices, though, in the in the 40s, which sounded incredibly affordable for something like that. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. uh, as we all know, that, you know, there hasn't been a decent electric car that's been made that you can't buy for literally less than 30 grand. And that's like a Nissan Leaf, and that's heavily subsidized and things like that. So if they could actually make this Mustang SUV and deliver it with the specs they're talking about for the price they're talking about, it could be a big hit for Ford. So we'll have to see what happens. Okay. And we were talking, uh, Lou, just a minute or so ago about uh, the Dodge Viper. I always think that's a cool name for a car. And I ran across this in the um, Wall Street Journal a couple of weeks ago, and they had uh, four uh, very interesting names that are real car names or car truck names. A lot of them are uh, Asian uh, manufacturers, Japanese, because they, they tend to have kind of funky names over there. But um, one of these cars I think you've probably heard of, and I'll start with that one. These are just interesting, uh, peculiarly named vehicles that actually were produced. Uh, the Studebaker Dictator. Have you ever heard of a Studebaker Dictator? They made those in the 30s and 40s. Now, wasn't it like a... Um uh, a limousine or something. It like looks that? the the picture they have here is, is just basically it's a, uh, a a touring Phaeton with a rumble seat. Okay, but um, they did use the, the the name Dictator. I mean, I think they made a yeah. four door sedan um, like that, and just, <laughs> just I don't think that would fly today. Yeah, what do you drive? I drive a Dictator. Right. Um, the Mazda Bongo Friendy. Oh wow. Which is a uh, Mazda um, uh, minivan with a uh, uh, camper top on it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they said, and, and, and underneath it, underneath these names, uh, whoever put this little chart together uh, had to say uh, or went on to say what these particular models would be used at. So the Studebaker dictator, they said, would be a relative's political rally. <laughs> would be the car to drive to your... The other one was Bongo Cindy? The Bongo Friendy. Friendy. And they Bongo. said that would be the perfect one to bring to Burning Man, which is that uh, thing they do in uh, the desert every summer out west where they literally have like 70,000 people that come out in the middle of nowhere and they, they construct a giant wooden burning man and then the culmination of the three or four day festivals they, they I, I light the thing on I, fire I would take the bongo friendy and take it right out to, to Hawaii you know you got the bongos you got the friendy I mean you know it's sounds kind of like a, a, a something you'd order I'll take the number six the bongo friendy please with, with fries <laughs> exactly and a coke uh, Honda gets into the act here with the Honda life dunk <laughs> <laughs> and they said that's the one you should drive to your therapist's office, and that's a oh, micro. <laughs> oh, the best one's coming up though. Oh my god! I, I'll take that to the uh, to the basketball game, the life dunk. Go and uh, Mazda has a dump truck they sell called the Mazda Titan Dump. Titan Dump. Well, <laughs> and that, the neat thing about even to say about the neat that. thing about that is the uh, the the bed, the dump bed, doesn't go uh, up. Uh, backwards, it goes longitudinally. So if you're inside the, the, the cab, it'll, it'll dump its load to the side instead of the rear, which is kind of neat. So Studebaker Dictator. Well, we're Ma- used to most people dumping from Ex- the rear. Well, exactly, yeah. The <laughs> Mazda Titan Dump, the Honda Life Dunk, and the Mazda Bongo Friendy. Wow. <laughs> Interesting real car names. Are there any other ones you can think of off the top of your head that you always thought were just kind of unusual names for a car? Like the Etzel was pretty pretty bad i mean that was etzel's name well, but it just well i got that yeah but i think about like the cube yeah the you nissan know, cube the nissan yeah cube. it always makes me think that there's a, like a drink like gee we need some cubes with this drink you know something like that and the that. funny thing about that too is i mean it was a cube shape but it had all the corners were radius on it it wasn't really <laughs> like a cube it wasn't yeah. a sharp edged you know uh it was a funky vehicle i don't think they make it anymore what's the but. one that was uh the honda the element the element yep that's another yeah, one the element and the uh, juke too the <laughs> nissan juke i had a friend of mine which that is had somewhat one of, of a joke I, the juke was a joke actually, i always wanted to take the u and just like paint in the top of it so to it make like the joke. joke actually it was a you know i rode in it shortly after he bought it and i was actually pretty impressed really yeah a small vehicle but, but your expectations were completely low so I had no idea what to expect. Okay. I didn't know what it was because it's kind of not exactly a, a full-on crossover. 
but it's not exactly a sedan. It's just kind of like in this weird nether region between those two kind of vehicles, and it's just a funky look, too. Well, this is, this is the part of the show where you can leave the email where people can make comments, and they'll be like, get Lou off. <laughs> I love my element, my juke. Well, know. the guy that, it's funny, too, my friend that, my friend Paul, who's actually a listener uh, on our show, and he's, he's a, a loyal listener, so thank you, Paul. I'm sure you're getting a charge out of this as we're talking about you. Um, he's the one that had the juke, and he also had a Honda Element, too, so. <laughs> there you go. Glutton for punishment. I tell you, now he drives a, an FJ, uh, a Toyota FJ, which take, is that nice Paul, big Ute. Paul, we're going to take you out in Mark's 58 Impala <laughs> and show you how this really should be done. Never again will you step into a juke after that. <laughs> and if you happen to have a Mazda Titan Dump or a Honda a Mazda Bongo Friendy, you can uh, let us know at carguysreport at hotmail.com. I just thought about one. Yeah. Remember that Jolly? What was it? Yeah, the yeah, uh, Fiat Jolly. Jolly. Yeah, yeah that. they had the wicker seats. <laughs> it's Jolly just talking about it. And the it. Volkswagen thing. I mean, that's the another thing. one that's it's pretty pretty strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll probably be popping into our head throughout the program, but yeah. I, I just saw that. I just wanted to. Uh, it amazes me that, you know, we, we actually rely on, on some of the, the, the stories that come out in the Wall Street Journal because they just can get some really oddball things from time yeah. to time. And it's, it's really neat that they pull, pull out that stuff and decide to let people know about it. Uh, we're at the point of the show where we always talk about uh, cars that uh, recently sold uh, either uh, via auction or on uh, various online um, sites, bring a trailer, Hemmings, whatever. This one uh, showed up actually a few months ago. I've been waiting to, to talk about it just because it's a, I have a thing, Lou, about big American uh, land yachts, you know, boats uh, from the 70s. I like the two-door uh, hard tops, like a, a Coupe de Ville or a Electra 225. But it's got to be a two-door. It's got to be a hard top. You know, big 460 or whatever engines in them, big V8s, just big floaty cars. I haven't had one yet. I, I got pretty serious about a, a Coupe de Ville, thinking about buying one a few years back. I, I wanted to find what, one. With what a, year Coupe de Ville? Well, it would have been like a 75, something with a 500 oh, cubic yeah. inch engine. In, yeah. You know, just, just to say <laughs> I've got a car with a 500 cubic inch factory engine, just this giant land yacht. But I haven't gone that far yet but this one came came across uh, bring a trailer actually several months ago and it sold for a good price we're talking about and then you and th- i'll be interested to see if you actually have this car one of these cars on your website uh because it's a um, on your youtube channel because it's a pretty rare vehicle a 1970 mercury marauder 429 x100 coupe yes we have you one. do it's yeah. a it's a badass car. I got to say, it's cool. It's got hideaway headlights. This thing was uh, triple black, had the Magnastar, uh, Magstar wheels on it, and it actually says X100 on the front fender. Yeah. It's badged that way, and it's basically, it's a, it's a two-door hardtop, but it's at more of a fastback design. It's got fender skirts. It's got some fake strikes on the um, strikes on the rear fender uh, quarter panel. This one had 51,000 miles. Wow. They made about 2,600 of them in 1970, so it's a pretty rare car because yeah. probably not that many um, survived. This is a California vehicle. Unfortunately, it had a replacement 429 in it, so I don't know what happened to the original engine. But it sold for a good price, $22,429. That's not bad. Yeah, I know. That isn't bad at all. Yeah. Um, and I just think it's cool. I just think the coolest thing about this car is the fact that it actually says X100 on the on the car itself. I mean, that yeah. sounds like something you'd see in a sci-fi movie, like, Jim, we're working on the X100 plan. Exactly. <laughs> Well, t- to your point, I mean, I've, I'm trying to think how many I've seen. I think I've only seen two that I can recall live. And I was fortunate enough with the, the first one. I happened to have the, um, the car caretaker right there. Mm-hmm. So we were talking about it. I don't think I've ever seen an X. I don't think I've ever seen one of these live. I, I know I've seen, you know, various Mercury coupes um, uh, in the flesh, but I, I've never... I, would be pretty sure I would remember seeing an X100 just because it's a cool car. Well, Mark, if you go to YouTube and you punch in my car story with Lou, separate that all out and put X100, you'll get you'll one. See cool. One. Yeah. That's good. And what color was that? Burgundy. Burgundy. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Did you like it when you, were you digging it when you, uh, I when was, you shot it? Yeah, I was, I was uh, floored by it. I was like, what is this? You know, cause it's, I mean, even though you, you know, came up in that time frame, I mean, you know, granted I was a young boy, but you know, I don't remember seeing them. No. So now it's like when you see one now, 40 years later, Yeah. 
you know, you're almost, you know, 50 years later, you're almost stunned. You, you know? are. I mean, like, I, that's why it really caught my eye. I'm like, that is a cool car. And it's, and it is a whopper. Oh, that it sure is. It's got to be at least 20 feet long. Yeah, it's a big yeah, one. Yeah, it's a big one. Cool. We all definitely have to check that out. That's why, ladies and gentlemen, uh, my car story with Lou, you never know what Lou's going to have on his, uh, on his uh, YouTube channel. And usually he has it. That's the thing. Remember when we were talking <laughs> with Matt Avery and, and you had, and I didn't know about the Yanko Vega and he said, <clears throat> I've got one. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, a lot of times Lou doesn't even know what Lou's got on the channel, which means <laughs> that's because that, you've got so many videos now that you're getting to the point where you right. can't recall everything. Yeah, so, well, I can usually believe it or not, I, I I have a difficult time sometimes remembering the person's name, but I could usually remember the car and the situation okay. where it was shot and colors and things like that. But um, I'll give you a perfect example. Coming up this week is a big week. I call it Super Bowl week. And the Super Bowl week is the Muscle Car and Corvette National. Mm-hmm. And for that show, I'm, I'm blessed to be able to walk in on drive-in day. Because if you go in during the regular show, the fire marshals make you disconnect the battery. Yeah. There's all kinds of things so the cars don't explode, sure, et cetera. Yeah. But when you meet the caretaker and we're talking about the car and you get to fire it, you know, I mean, obviously we're not driving it because we're inside, you know, a glorified yeah. warehouse. but. Um, the fun part about that is is just uh, you know I don't know what's go- what's going to be there. There's going to be six hundred cars. I know that, and there's a few cars I know because they put out a magazine beforehand. But to me, that's Christmas. Oh yeah, I mean, you walk in and you're like, oh, what's that over there? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's totally for me. It you know turns me basically into a seven year old with a wallet. <laughs> so that's cool. Yeah. We're looking forward to that. If you like uh, the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive, make sure to check out some of the other programs that are available on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. The show Minutia Men, that's an OPI show with Rick Kempfer and Dave Stern. They're consumers of what we call worthless information, and every week they share their take on what they've learned in their podcast, Minutia Men. It's an OPI show, and it's available only on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place, and that would be Radio Misfits.com. You're listening to the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. I'm Mark Vernon, along with uh, Lou Costable, and we like doing our lists here. We've got great uh, feedback from our listeners as far as our uh, lists that we do, various uh, lists that I come across, uh, that we come across on the Internet or in a magazine, whatever. They they come from all kinds of different uh, sources. This one comes from Road and Track, and we're going to actually divide this up into three parts because there's so many of them. And some of these lists, Lou, and this is the thing that I, that I always have to have at the top with a caveat is this was uh, billed as road and tracks 23 car features that you can't live without kind of like facetiously saying they're frivolous and some of these yes some of these no um, or actually they're saying you can live with them but then I'm thinking there's got to be some tongue-in-cheek here too because some of these are like I don't even know if they'd really be called a frivolous feature anymore because some of them are so mainstream that they're standard now. So we'll just dive right into the first part here. I'll, I'll, I'll run so, by a so few. So give me some thoughts. Are we talking interior, exterior? Just anything, any modern uh, feature that you can find on a car, whether it's um, something pretty much interior driver focus type okay. stuff. Interior yeah. driver focus. And so obviously, we're not, like, not going to see like vinyl top. No, no, no. Okay. No, like here's one, good stereo. Well, yeah, that's been around for a long time. That That's not a frivolous feature. Uh, I think a lot of people can actually do without a stereo now because they stream so much. uh, Like a a podcast. Exactly. (laughs) Podcasts, things like that. So, again, these you kind of have to take take these with a grain of salt. But let me slow that down for a second. I haven't been in a new car, and when I say new car in the showroom or something like that, that does not have a stereo that is nine times better than any stereo I had in the 80s. Oh, yeah, they're all they're all phenomenal. I mean, you I get mean, them from, you know, a Kia, even a Kia or a base, you know, Honda comes with a decent stereo now. Everything. Yeah, and, and because I think it's people have just come to expect that we're at the point where there's no reason what you're paying for a car, it doesn't cost them that much more to put a good audio system in, you might as well just do it and and make people happy, you know. Yeah. And that's one thing. Automatic headlights, you know, that again, that's been around for a while. I, my first car that I had with auto headlights, I didn't use them. On that car, that was my Infiniti uh, G37 Coupe. Yeah. But I have them on my Mercedes, and I have them on my uh, Cayenne, my Porsche Cayenne. And actually, I, I like them. Every now and then, they're a little 
finicky just because like it might be an overcast day and you feel like you should have your headlights on but they don't turn on so you got to do it manually um but most of the time uh it's just kind of something you just kind of set and forget basically yeah i I never use the automatic you don't why not no i you know i just you want to be in control i i think i can figure out when it's light out (laughs) just that's me yeah yeah so i've never had to say Gee, I was driving for six hours and I didn't even realize, holy cow, it's nighttime. I didn't have my yeah, headlights so, on. Yeah, so, and I can't say I've never had someone flash their lights at me yeah. like, you idiot, turn your lights yeah. on. So I have had that happen. So I'm not trying to say like, you know, but I've just never utilized that option. I don't know. I, 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 it's almost like uh, maybe I grew up in a time frame where you shut the lights well, they, off. Well, exactly. Walk, that, that's how I grew up too. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm always afraid that if I keep that automatic thing on, that I'll come back and the battery will be dead or something. <laughs> I don't know. Here's another one too, that it's kind of hard to, to know that your car has this unless you read the owner's manual and you don't necessarily know it's there, especially with an automatic transmission. If you have a manual transmission, it, it makes a lot of sense. I know Subaru has had a version of this. We're talking hill start assist. And that's the thing that basically it breaks your transmission. So if you're on a if you're on an incline at a stoplight, you won't roll back. And it helps if you've got an, uh, a manual transmission because we all know that when you're on an incline and you're you're moving away from a from a stop, and you take your foot off the brake and you got to clutch and put it in first and then get going. Sure. There's always the danger you, you're going to roll back into the guy behind you. Yeah. So he'll start assist prevents that. It basically somehow breaks the transmission a little bit what so car, you can what basically car is that on? i have it on a, i have it on my fiat 500 i have it on my mercedes um and i think i may have it on the cayenne i'm not positive i know i have it on the on the fiat which is a bit, total base car and that's got an automatic in it but i've got it on that car and i know i have no, it on now wait i can see it working on an automatic well no it just actually locks it in yeah but, but how but, do you do it on a manual i don't know how it works i know subaru has done it really before on yeah he'll start i don't know how it works on a on a I think it, it with the Subaru, I think it's through the brakes. Huh. Because I know my Mercedes and some Porsches and other cars too, but I've experienced this feature. It's a different feature. It's a brake hold feature. Yeah. So what you do is when you come up to a stoplight, and let's say you're going to be at the stoplight for a while, you hit the brake pedal again, and it activates the feature called hold. And what it does, it allows you to then take your foot off the brake, keeps your brake lights on, and your brakes, you're just sitting there with the brakes on. I don't know how hard they're on, but your car won't move. Apparently you... hard enough to not roll back. No, no, but that's a hold feature. That's different than the hill start assist. But okay. it's similar, though. It, it is similar because, to me, the, the hold feature works just like hill start assist. Yeah. And I think that's the way it probably works on a, on a manual transmission is it would be locking the brakes so you're not rolling back. And that way, then, you can put it into gear and drive off. That would be something that every person who's never driven a stick shift would change their game completely. I think, yeah, yeah. Because I think that, it's a good that idea. would be my most, um, my, my... Greatest young, fear. My, young, my <laughs> youngest is 15, and he's talking about driver's license. And I think I'm going to do a YouTube video with him, like, driving the viper for the first time oh wow i'll throw them in, i'll throw them in the manual we'll really get them and the viper is not a friendly manual no car. no it's a really nasty manual car so this will be a hysterical video <laughs> if i can get him to do it he doesn't like to be in front of the camera he likes editing but he's going to be getting his blue slip and you know maybe that would just be showing you know like now we're on a hill yeah and I keep rolling backwards yeah. you know until i finally pull the emergency yeah. brake or something but uh that that's the biggest fear that let me just tell ask you do you have money in your budget for a new clutch <laughs> you know i i'll be with him for a long time in the viper before i give him the keys without me being in it so i'm I'll be uh, coaching him on... Uh, well, okay, let's talk about one thing. There's so much horsepower in the car. Yeah. You don't actually have to even use yeah, the clutch yeah, that much. Does, Once he, it's in, engaged, you just go. Yeah, I can actually yeah. tell him, don't put your foot on the, yeah. ga- on the gas at all and just slowly... Mm-hmm. Until he and gets, you'll go. It's the feel yeah. with the pedal. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Now, this is another feature that I've gotten used to on, on a couple of the cars that I've, I've owned or, or own currently, keyless entry. And that can take a, a, a different, a uh, couple of different uh, respects. Uh, sometimes I think the earlier systems, you didn't have to use a physical key, but you actually still had to like punch in a code. I know some of the Ford yep. uh, and Mercury and Lincoln products had that. Uh, the ones I'm used to is you just have the key fob in your pocket and just walk up to the car. It's locked and all you have to do is touch the door handle and it unlocks you yeah. get in and then you 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 put your foot on the brake and you just hit the 
the start button and the car starts yeah. and drives away, which is, I think it's really nice. I, I do like that. But that has also become uh, a point of contention with some people because, and they don't even go into it real in depth in some of the owner's manuals. You know, like there's always like uh, any 1970s detective show and like Barnaby Jones is rocketing down a, a, a mountainside in his car with no brakes. And, you know, what are you going to do? Turn the car off and put it into try to downshift or whatever. The, the, the question arises when you have a keyless starter, um, a keyless entry, keyless start, is how do you exactly turn the car off if you're in motion? And there's different sequences with different cars. I, I, I'm not sure you can just, if the car is on and, you, and your foot's not on the brake and you're just flying along and for some reason if someone's trying to, to carjack you or something, you want to get them out of there, whatever, you want to turn the car off, it's not the easiest thing to do because I think you can hit that thing and it may, may or may not shut the car off automatically and then that's also become a issue too with certain drivers think their car is off because cars are so quiet now and they, they accidentally leave them running and there's been people that have died from carbon monoxide poisoning because it fills their garage and gets wow. into their house and now they're they're a lot of the cars i think are coming out with like uh, alarms or monitors to make sure that it says, you know, make sure the car is off and you've got your key with you or, or an alarm that goes off if you've left the car on. And again, it's just like one great idea goes into this whole other thing of, you know, uh, all these other things, unintended consequences, I guess, is Mark, what I'm, I'm, I'm trying amazed to say. that you have this many <laughs> unintended consequences. I'm like, wow, I, I've just got my mouth open with how many you just rolled through at the top of your mind. Well, enough with keyless entry and keyless start right now. This is a, a, a a feature that I haven't uh, had on a car that I've owned, although I've, I've had a loaner that had it, the electronic parking brake. Solenoid activated. You know, I like I liked just the, the standard cable-operated handbrake, you know, either in the center of the console where it should be on, on most cars, you know, sports cars grab at least. Grab that pull. thing and pull. Exactly. The, or the, or the, the push with the left foot to the that's, floor. Yeah, that's more old-fashioned. Yeah. Um, although my... My Cayenne and my Mercedes both have a foot-operated um, yeah. uh, parking brake, and then all my other cars have the pretty much have the center one. Um, but the the newer cars, a lot of the newer luxury cars have these electronic parking brakes, and it's got this dainty little handle that you just kind of like either press a button or just yeah, kind of like pull up on this yeah. thing. Yeah, we got one and on it, the Jaguar. Yeah, do you like it? I've never used it really? because I'm afraid that's that going to stick. I, I don't have a pull handle, yeah. so yeah. Yeah, because that's always my thing that with any car that I don't drive that often, I don't like to use the parking brake because it hasn't been used that much. My daily drivers, yeah, I use parking brakes all the time. Yeah. But like the Impala, I don't think I've ever actually used the parking brake because it doesn't get driven that much. I'm always paranoid that it's going to stick and then yeah, you got to crawl underneath and release it manually. And I don't know how you would release an electronic parking brake if it fails because it's a solenoid. It's got to be a solenoid that's somehow activating levers or something yeah. in back there so i think that is kind of a frivolous feature i would think I, I don't think it's it's that great and i'm not sure why they went to that i think it's a space saving thing inside the car so you don't have this big handle and since it's all electronic there they can do it so um how do you feel about automatic climate control i like automatic climate control so do i i use that a lot yeah yeah I it, what do you think about automatic climate control with the three areas you can put it? Oh, uh, the zoned? I like that, too, okay. because it's great when, you know, your wife or your girlfriend, my girlfriend is in the car, and she I can... I like when both of them are yeah, in the car at the same di time. Dial up and down. <laughs> and, and what they're actually starting to do now is not only the temperature for the passenger or whatever, but they're starting to actually let them control their fan speed on their side of the car, too, yeah, which is nice. Cool. Um, but it's funny... What's, what's one of the first cars you've seen that on? Automatic climate control or the fan? The automatic climate control and the fan. Uh, on a Porsche, I think on the Macan that what, I had as a loaner. Brand new, like 2018. I think I've seen it on a Buick Riviera in the late 90s. I could see that. Yeah, I yeah. think it's a great idea. Yeah. I mean, I think I think automatic climate control and zones yeah, are awesome. the door handles had like climate controls, and I was like, That's cool. like 98. Remember the, the, the Buicks when they look like whales? They were like a oh, rounded yeah. Buick. Yeah. The taillights were oval, and the front of the car had like an oval mouth, and it was all curvy. Yeah. Yeah, I think that one had them. Cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. That, that's, oh, that, no, exactly, that's, I know exactly what car you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, and, the and Riviera. That, yeah. yeah, and that was that was on my car story, and yeah. I was in the interior, and I was like, what What am I seeing on this passenger side here? <laughs> like, is that climate control for the passenger? <laughs> the, the funniest thing that I get a charge out of is um, 
my girlfriend, when she bought her Prius, that was the first car that, that she has, and she still owns it, that has automatic climate control. And every time I'm in the car, she's just punching up and down on the fan and on the temperature and turning off the system, turning it back on. I'm like, honey, it's automatic climate control. You just dial in whatever temperature you want, hit automatic, and it does whatever it has to do to maintain that temperature, whether it's adding heat or adding cooling or adding fresh air. And it's just like it just frustrates me because that's the beauty of automatic climate control is nine times out of ten it works exactly how it should. It. You yeah. don't have to touch it. So yeah. It's Um, And then one other item uh, on our first uh, of three parts of of new car features people can or can't live without. And this one, I've never had a car with this feature on it. And actually, I have, again, loaners, but not owned. And it drives me nuts. Is blind spot monitoring. What do you think of that? I like that. Do you really? Uh, Well, let's define that for a minute. Is it on the dash or is it on the mirror? It's going to be on most likely on the mirror these days. I like that. Yeah. 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 and I say that because uh, um, when you got young adults or soon-to-be driving kids, like my 15-year-old, you want as many potential things mm-hmm. and tell them where stuff is at where they're not poten- potentially looking. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, do, uh, I do tend to look for my yellow dot or whatever it is or my arrow or whatever does it chime do you have it in your lincoln yep does it chime too or no it just lights up yeah i had a toyota uh um uh i want to say like a rav4 in arizona and it was it was it was actually like uh you know there was some little ding or something like that but yeah the lincoln's just right in the mirror you know, there was a little yellow dot telling me that there's something there. Yeah. And I actually, it's kind of funny. When I'm on the highway, I've got such a mental problem. You know, I like seeing some of these toys go off. I'll sometimes get in the <laughs> left, right, like in the center lane, and I want to see them go off yeah. as cars fly by me. And then I want to catch up the cars and see when it's going to go off. So I, I think that just if you live in an urban area like we do, though, where there's so many cars on the road, somebody's always in your blind spot, though, aren't they? More or uh, less. Yeah, uh, well, and that's where it gets annoying. Yeah, well, let, let's answer that question. If you're if you're traveling from the loop and you're going out to the suburbs. Or just in stop-and-go traffic yeah, in then, the suburbs. Then, it, then it's always on. Yeah. But, but I'm talking about, like, well, here's a good one. So last night I went to a collector car um, event, and uh, it was in a really nice, um, what was it, uh, uh, country club, and they had nice little buffet, and, and and we were talking about the Colorado Grand and the, the the thousand mile journey, and it was wonderful. Well, I'm coming home. It's a Sunday night, and it was uh, dark out and misty, and you know, somewhat inconvenient. You know, the roads were all water filled and things. And I'm cruising by. I've got my nice tunes on, and I'm watching the little lights go on yeah. and off in my mirrors. <laughs> it's like Christmas. I mean, this is great. Shiny objects. Yeah, shiny and objects. Lou. Yeah, I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> Have you ever noticed, too, that when you're um, driving along and stop-and-go traffic, and you'll see the, the people's mirrors with their blind spot monitoring going off oh, yeah, as you're driving yeah. along? I, yeah. I sometimes will get to the position where that's on, yeah. because like if they don't mm-hmm. see me. The other thing, I don't know if it's going to be on the list, but I am curious. Speaking of last night, one of the features that's a frivolous feature the steering wheel warmer oh no that's on the list and that's not a frivolous feature that's a great feature (laughs) i love that my wife i love that i don't think she'll ever drive a car again i think it's incredible that's the one thing my mercedes doesn't have which i wish it did because i think heated steering wheels are rock i never even considered one and then you know is it automatic or did you switch it on and no, off? No, there's on your an car? Auto, there's a there's a button that says you know steering wheel heated. We've got one in the in the, the Jaguar and then we've got one in the the Jaguar. Yeah, Jaguar. And, and then we've got one in the uh, the Lincoln. Yeah, yeah but um, and the Lincoln is just a you know it's a glorified Escape. Yeah, that's what it is. But yet it has all those little special things like that. Now maybe the Escape's got that too. And here's the funny thing: everything that we think is frivolous. Ten years later, is it's eventually exactly. I was going to say, eventually works its way down market. Yeah, and because I think people keep reading about this stuff and they they start ordering it as an option, and they just yeah. and the price goes down and everything. Mercedes also makes heated armrests in their cars now oh, too, really? which is I think a pretty good idea if you've got because you know your left arm is always going to be on the armrest, and if you've got your your hands nice and warm on the steering wheel and your butt's getting warm with the heated seat, yeah. why not have your arm get warm too? Speaking <laughs> it well. I'll let you stay on your warm butt, but, <laughs> but, but the, um, here's the frivolous one that I just encountered is the interior light color changes. Yeah. That's, that's a little, um, uh, 
And Ford's been doing that with the uh, the dash lights too on I think the well, Mustang. Yeah, you can for, vary for it. it. Yeah, so, it's just that's that's kind so of gimmicky. Yeah, I, was, I think I was uh, I was changing between aqua yeah. <laughs> and turquoise and then red what, and orange. What and color amber. mood are you in yeah. today, Lou? Yeah, so I'll sometimes <laughs> screw around with my wife when she gets in the car. And, She's like, wasn't it green in here? I'm, I'm like, I, I thought it was always red. What, what was it green? What do you, you see? Know. But that could be good if she's in a bad mood. She could turn it red, so you know yeah. when she pulls that, up. Yeah, like a mood light. Yeah, like yeah. So like the mood rings back that we used to wear. I can have a mood light in the car. Know exactly where I'm at. Oh, it's red. I'll be quiet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, cool. Be great. Well, that's the first part of a three part uh, list that we're going to be going through on uh, subsequent episodes here of the Car Guys Report on uh, features that we can or can't live without, frivolous or not. Uh, it's a fun list, and we've been uh, just having a good time talking about it too. We've got to take a quick break, but we'll be back in a moment. I am Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. And on Back to You, our podcast, we do all kinds of things like, how would you describe it? We do nitpicky things sometimes, like how come you got headphones on and I don't? Because I'm the star of the show. Well, see, that's up for uh, debate and deliberation. And uh, a lot of the show is about who gets top billing and last word. Well, we'll find out in the next Back to You with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. See ya. Bye. Back to You with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. An OPI show only on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved a better place. Radiomisfits.com. Hey, this is Tony Lozano, and if you like podcasts, well, I'm the guy that you want to meet. Well, maybe, but I have my own called Nude Hippo, the podcast, and I do it with uh, many members of and friends, uh, including Kimmy. Hello. We feature some of the coolest guests like Brian Cheverini, Ginger Z, Mr. Skin, Tom Dreesen, and so many more. These are like milestone interviews. They're timeless. So this way you could pick it up at any point. I suggest you start from the beginning. Nude Hippo, the podcast, and Opie Show. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radio Misfits. <laughs> and we're back here on the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Mark Vernon along with uh, Lou Costable. Lou, I wanted to just take uh, a few minutes here to uh, kind of uh, have some season-ending car show thoughts. Uh, I know that you, you tend to... Um, go to car shows for a little bit different reason than I do. Um, you're always just out there looking for interesting cars and interesting owners to perhaps uh, get on your YouTube channel. And I tend to go to car shows just because it's a great thing to do on a, on a summer uh, weekend, hang out with uh, car, car buddies and, and just have a good time and show off, you know, drive my different cars, show them off and meet other people too. So it's just kind of a social thing, I think for both of us. And just wanted to talk about you know our summary of of our experience for the car show season in uh, 2018 or 2019 boy i'm getting uh, behind myself there a little bit but it was a good uh, it was a good uh, season for me i think i i i was tallying up the um totals in my head the other day and between cars and coffees cruise nights car shows whatever um i hit i usually try to hit about 50 and that's that's what i did wow. this year yeah about 50 so it's pretty much uh you know every weekend i was going to you know two car shows usually and then during the week uh cruise night cars and coffees things like that so about 50 for the entire season and um it was a good time um i as we talked on some of our earlier programs i've been into going to some of the smaller towns instead of uh the the ones the the shows that i've been going to regularly uh, the bigger shows uh, in the more uh, suburban areas, just because I like the drive. I don't mind driving 50 or 100 miles to a car show because it's fun. It's a good exercise for the car, and it's just a nice treat. And you're not necessarily going to see the same cars that you see all the time up here. But it was funny because towards the end of the season, I had been going to so many small-town car shows, I started seeing the same cars there, too, because it's all the small-town people going to all the small-town shows. And it was hilarious because there was a lot of cars that I had seen, you know, all summer and they became kind of regulars to me i guess but it was a good time i i racked up a total of six trophies this year again i don't go to try to win stuff but it was all late season i had three for the aston martin and i got three for my 58 impala so Mm. uh different shows and actually the one show we already talked about it on a previous program the the thing has never happened to me before i went to a, a a lions club car show and i actually won two awards at the same show wow which was neat so 
You just never know how it's going to play out. That's so the fun let's thing. Let's talk you know? about the Impala. Probably my favorite car <laughs> in, your, in your lineup with the copper color and just the cruise and the wheels set so well inside the, the wheel wells and tr- cruising down the road. Um, okay, so w- let me ask you some questions regarding your 50 shows. First of all, that's, a, that's an amazing number. That's very, you know, one a week, so to speak. Yeah. What were the top three shows when you <sighs> when you think about it? And what made them the top three shows? You know, I I think uh, I'll I'll digress a little bit from that. I think what makes a good show for me is a show that's well-organized, well-run, you know, that your registration goes smoothly. I've been at shows where I've been in line for 45 minutes just to register, which is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. You know, I like to walk up. Even if you're not pre-registered, fine. I don't pre-register to too many shows just because you never know what the weather is going to be like. If you're already prepaid, there's no way you get your 10 or 20 bucks back. Um, But you walk up and you're, you know, you fill out your card, they, you give them your money, they give you your dash plaque or whatever, and you're one and done in like five minutes. That's great. Um, just shows that are well organized. And again, this is something I'm going to rail on a little bit is I think the volume of the music at a lot of the car shows that I go to is, is, is too loud. Um, because I still say that people don't go to a car show to hear classic rock or 50s songs. They go because they want to see their cars. They want to see their, their buddies, talk to people. And the music is secondary or tertiary to all that. And just some of the sounds, uh, the, the volume levels of some of the speakers. I know that, that sometimes they have a pretty large geographical area to cover. But literally, when I go to a car show, and I know it probably sounded like an old cranky man, but I'll come in and I'll say, like, unless they have very specific, like they're parking you by category or something, because sometimes some shows do, they, you know, I will say, you know, I just want to park as far away from the speakers as possible because if you get close to one of these things it ruins your day because you can't sit by your car you can't have a conversation i was at one or two shows like that this summer and it literally it's just not a good scene yeah so i implore anyone that puts on a car show these days is to just cool it with the with the volume of the music really yeah well of course the i'm not a fan of the music because Because it kills the the youtube video the copyright Uh, issues yeah i don't own the rights to smoky robinson's tears of a clown or elvis's hound dog or Beyonce's latest song. One of the shows I went to, you were saying what were some of my favorite shows. One of the shows I went to was another small town show in a small Illinois town called Paw Paw, which I never even heard of. And um, this thing had been, again, this was a Lions Club show had been going on for, I think this was like the 30th or 40th year or something like that. But for a small town show, very well attended, uh, over 230 cars. Wow. Good, good, uh, a collection, a good assortment of cars, uh, some great people I met there and I talked to. And it was also one of these shows that was kind of somewhat in conjunction with some, not not a full-on summer festival, but some kind of like a Labor Day, because it was a Labor Day show, uh, Labor Day celebration for the town. So they had, you know, some craft booths and they had like a petting zoo for the kids and they had some tractor races going on way in the back. And it was just kind of a, a nice atmosphere. It wasn't too carnivaly, but it was just a lot of people coming in and it was just a really nice show. And of course, the weather was perfect. So that always helps too, because I always tell either my girlfriend or people that aren't into cars, you know, I say like the worst thing is rain at a car show it just (laughs) kills the mood that ends it it just is just no fun at all so that was probably the pawpaw show was a very good show uh that other lions club show that where i won the two trophies um that was an elburn illinois show and that one's been going on for many years too that's always a good show 350 plus cars a lot of variety um that was a really good show one show i took a pass on this year just because i've literally been going for 25 years straight is the uh, british car show that is uh Put Harper, on Harper once a year College. at Harper College in in um, Alga- oh, it's not in Algonquin it's um, Roselle I think and um, that's a suburban Chicago location and the British Car Show it's by the British Auto Union I believe it's a club and they do a fantastic job I just wanted to take a break just because I had been going for so many years straight but they'll get four hundred cars out there very well organized show and if you're in British cars that's probably one of the top three or four British shows in the country because I know there's other British shows that get a real good turnout too, but that one has been going on for a long time. They really got it down. I think my most enjoyable types of car shows lately though, other than the the, the ones that are 200 or 300 cars, I just really like the concept of a cars and coffee. Mm-hmm. I like being able to just 
hang out for a couple hours on a Saturday or Sunday morning, drink some coffee, hang out with your friends, check out the cars, and then you leave. You know, you're not paying an entry fee. There's no judging. There's no trophies. And it doesn't blow your whole day. Then you got the rest of the day to either go to a car, another car show yeah. or just do whatever. And I, I love that concept. And it seemed for a while the cars and coffee concept wasn't as prevalent here in the Midwest as it is in the warmer climates. And I think it's been coming along the last few years and it seems like there's more uh slowly more events that are cars and coffee oriented and it's just a great time yeah um i'll join in for a second um number one show is usually the muscle car and corvette yeah. national uh number two is um carlisle anything at carlisle's a great show whether it's the chrysler nationals ford nationals Cor- corvette nationals we could go on the chevy nationals um uh, the other one is uh, the Geneva Concourse. Mm-hmm. That's my wife's favorite show because I walk down the middle of the street where the cars are, and she walks on the outside of the, sh- to the, the cars. To go shopping. To go shopping, yep. So that's, and, and that is a great spot, though. I mean, it's it's really sharp. Um, that's, that's a great show. Um, surprise show of the year was the Lake Forest Train Station car show towards the end of the mm-hmm. year. I was really surprised to see the high level of cars that came out from Lake Forest. It's almost an end of the year, kind of an October show. Okay. Um, we had a Cars and Coffee, the one club well, that I'm in. I'm not done. Okay, I'm sorry. But <laughs> I'm just saying, though, that we had it at Lake Forest at the train station. So I don't think you were there. So it wasn't the same thing that I went it to. It might have it? been because it was super cold, though. Was it the fuel fed? Because fuel uh, fed is fuel the fed. okay. Because this was the fuel fed and cars and coffee. This, yeah, this and it was it was cold, but it was sunny. Yeah, this wasn't fuel fed. Okay, but that was a great turnout too. And the and um, there's I'll just name a couple of other ones that that uh, uh, tip ins the col- uh, collector's car garage has a good show. That's usually a, a first Sunday of a month. And then uh, one of my favorites is Supercar Saturday, mm, of course, which yeah. is the first Saturday of the month. Yep. And they had that one out in uh, Barrington mm. uh, uh, in the, uh, what do they call it, the Arboretum. The Arboretum, yeah. Great yeah, so location. That, and the supercars that come out to that are just phenomenal. That's where we just get, get numb to supercars because you say, okay, here's a, here's a third McLaren this morning. And yeah. and uh, the, 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 two, the, the two coolest cars that I saw there, I think, this summer at the Supercar Saturdays were, and we've talked about this before, was the two Ford GTs, the 2005 and then the 2018, both in golf livery. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, that, that, that's really cool. Uh, speaking of uh, a new Ford GT, um, uh, it wasn't a car show, but uh, we videoed Schmee's car. That was fun. Um, nice guy. Uh, so, you know, um, I understand we're, we're wrapping up car show season, but specifically in the Midwest. Yeah. So, so that's where I'm uh, – obviously Pennsylvania is not in the Midwest, but uh, – and, and some uh, some fun shows that uh, were out in Arizona as well. So um, – Looking forward to other people. Uh, just call or email the Car Guys Report <laughs> and sponsor Lou to be at your car show, and we'll see what we can do. And it's easy to spot Lou because he's the guy running around with his camera and yelling at his son, "Get that over there! Yeah. Look at that one over there!" <laughs> and the one with the and, and and you'll know it because his Viper will be parked on the side and it'll be smoke coming out of the clutch. So you'll uh... <laughs> the fifteen-year-old's been been at it again. If you like what we're doing here on the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive, other than listening to us, please subscribe to us as well. You'll get a uh, automatic notification every time there's uh, new content on our uh, program, uh, when a new program is available. And also, too, please rate us. We've gotten a couple of new ratings on Apple Podcasts, and that certainly helps uh, our success as well as yours, because the longer that we know that we're doing a good job, we can continue to give you great stuff to listen to. The Car Guys Report, you'll find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. All you have to do is search for Radio Misfits. You can also search directly for the Car Guys Report on Google, and you'll be directed right to the Radio Misfits website and some of these other uh, places that we uh, just mentioned. And the best thing about podcasting is it's listening on your terms. You can fast forward, you can rewind, you can replay, you can go back and listen to a program again, you can uh, skip over stuff, you can listen on your desktop, your laptop, your tablet, your phone, you can stream 
stream live. You can do anything you want, and it's always free. That's the beauty of podcasting with the Radio Misfits podcast network we're at the part of the program here on the car guys report where lou will talk a little bit about what's happening on my car story with lou his popular youtube channel and lou congratulations you're up to about sixty-four thousand uh subscribers so yeah. far that's a that's thanks. a good milestone yeah thanks so, so let's play our game sure our game is uh for those might be listening for the first time i'm picking three cars uh, in the same week that were that came out and then Mark is going to guess which one has the most views. Now, this is, you know, throwing toilet paper on the wall, which means, <laughs> you know, I could throw up a car that I think is going to do great. It does nothing. I could throw up a car that I think is going to be terrible, and it gets tons of views. So it's just specifically to the channel that I'm on, My Car Story with Lou, on YouTube. So here's your three choices in numeric order. The 64 Ford Falcon Sprint Convertible in red with the 260 engine sound. Hmm. Number two, the 1989 Rambo Lambo Lamborghini LM2000 LM002 SUV. The big V12. Yeah, that's a funky vehicle. And ride. Yeah, wow. Okay. And, And the last one, the 2019 Dodge Challenger 1320 by GSS, which is a Grand Spalding Sport Heritage. Additions. So What's the, the 1320 part? 1320 is how many feet it is to get to the quarter mile. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. So we've got a 64 Ford Falcon, and it's, a, it's kind of a sticker package. Yeah. 16 Ford, uh, 64 Ford Falcon convertible, uh, 89 Lamborghini LM002, and a 2019 Sexy Dodge Challenge. Uh, definitely the Lambo number one. Lambo number one. Yeah. What's number two? Uh, the Falcon. And number three is going to be the uh, the Challenger. Well, the Lambo had a dump. So, really? Yeah, the Lambo came in. Like with the Mazda Titan dump? The, it, <laughs> I can't believe that because I, you I never, ever time. see those. And they're right. just, they're incredibly rare and they're just so odd. I was shocked. Yeah. And this is a custom wow. one. So it was orange. Wow. And a custom build. So, wow. So number one was the Ford Falcon with 7,000 okay. views, okay. 7,000 plus views. The Challenger had 1,400 views, and the Lambo had 682 views wow, total. That, that at, shocks at me. That time. Now, granted, there, yeah. all those numbers are up since then, but uh, yeah. uh, those, were the, those were the numbers that week. So wow. Was, uh, Why do you think the, the Lambo just didn't perform? Is it... I do people not know what it is, or do they think it's a Hummer or something? Because it kind of has that Hummer look. Yeah, it, it, it's a Lamborghini Hummer. The, the the story behind it is the LM stands for Lamborghini Military. Yeah, didn't they build it for the Italian so, Army or commission? Yeah. On, and they didn't make a whole heck of a lot of those either. The, and and specifically, it was your Hummer with uh, the 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 fun part of it was they put a Countach V12. Yeah, that's the best part. That's awesome. So, <laughs> now this particular one, you would have to see the video to know this, but it actually that was taken out and they put it like a. Cummins, Cummings diesel engine. Oh, well, that it. could have killed it then, maybe, as far as views went. I don't think went. it was that, though, because people would have looked at it first. Yeah. They still would have had a lot of views, just a Initial. You know, dead period okay, yeah. engine. So, and this is the point to the show, you know, the My Car Story channel. You never know. Yeah. I mean, I will throw, I, I can remember one car, and I'll even be specific. Uh, when I go to a car show, and let's take, for example, when I go to Carlisle, there are wonderful people there. They treat me really well. And what I try to do is... is um, um, pay it forward, which means I try to get some cars from every year, meaning I'll get some 50s, I'll get some 60s, I'll get some 70s, maybe some 80s, some 90s, some 2000, 2000 you know, the newest, greatest, and maybe something, you know, uh, older than that. So when I try to spread that out and look for different cars, uh, I videoed a 1980 Ford Fairmont Futura with a turbo. Okay, yeah. Now, kind of take take into consideration, I'm looking at a lineup of 80s Fairmonts, and I'm thinking, <laughs> which one of these is going to be the best of the exactly, best? Exactly, yeah. Let me define that. It's which pretty, one looks most original? Pretty bland car. <laughs> you would think. So I almost thought to myself, when I put this car on the channel, I wonder what reaction it's going to get. And it got like 8,000 yeah. views in a week. Yeah. And, and I thought to myself... I would never think that if I put a 68 Mustang Fastback with a 428 that gets 2,000 views, that a future, sure. uh, a, Fa- a Fairmont would just yeah. blow it away. <laughs> so this is one of those moments where, you know, a Ford Falcon Sprint, which was really just before the Mustang came yeah. out, you know, would blow away an LM002 SUV Lambo. Yeah. But yet, you know, the numbers are the numbers. So stay tuned for the next 
my car story guessing game cool that's fun yeah we, and and again uh, ladies and gentlemen just so you know that i have no idea what what lou is gonna throw out with this uh, list and i have no idea i'm just you know using my my deep well of car knowledge and uh, here i was all, batting all about what 50 percent, i guess yeah <laughs> one third <laughs> or I actually got all the stuff me- messed up because I said, well, I said the Falcon was going to be number two, so it was number one. But I just literally thought the, the Lambo would do well. But you never know, as Lou said, and we'll have another uh, My Car Story with Lou guessing game in the next episode of the Car Guys Report. And speaking of the next episode coming up, on the next episode, we'll have more on those frivolous new car features, part two of that list. And also, Lou just touched on the 80s. We'll uh, have some 80s classics, quote unquote, that are now classic quote-unquote thanks so much for taking us along for the ride certainly glad to have had you along on this episode of the car guys report i'm mark vernon along with lou costable special thanks to executive producer tony lasano with opishows.com opi is the word hippo spelled backwards o-p-p-i-h shows.com distributed by ed silha with radio misfits great talk radio isn't dead it just moved to a better place and that would be radio misfits The proceeding was a presentation of OPI Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of OPI Productions. Tony, can you shut up? This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. I was at the temple on Monday. I was walking into the temple, and I held the door open for a pretty attractive older woman. I'd say she was like in her early 70s, maybe. And she goes, well, thank you. Are you here for the seniors event? Oh, ouch. Oh, let the record show she was kind of hot in a 70-year-old kind of way. So I'm like, are you listening to what you're saying right now? (laughs) Minutia Men with Rick and Dave, the Tony Lasano podcast, and Opie Production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. What would that be, a GMIF? Uh, oh, my grandma? God. oh, my um, God. Stop. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. Direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Stay tuned. Rock on TV. Now at the Museum of Broadcast Communications. From bandstand to gaga, let's rock on TV. For info and tickets, visit museum.tv. If you missed Los Anno Los Anno and friends, here's what you missed. I feel like you go into a motel, you just search for cameras instantly. <laughs> That's got to be like your first reaction. Anywhere you intend to be nude, you should just check. How about you just don't be nude in a motel? Well, I no, feel no, like I, that'd be smart. I, think, I should just not true. get changed or take a shower. No, I no. think, wait, but you're, I think you're missing my point. I'm worried that I'm not going to be on camera. Mm. I want footage of me. You're the only one who wants to be filmed. Oh. Unknowingly doing something ridiculous. Right, because I would be curious. Wouldn't you be curious to see what you do? No. Yeah, like just the mundane. Right. That's how I spend my time. You, sp- you spend four hours doing that? Why? <laughs> As you fast forward, you go, I'm not even moving. Look at that. I am stationary for hours. <laughs> I didn't even get up and that bag just appeared out of nowhere. <laughs> Where did it come from? <laughs> Radio Misfits. Get more Lozano and Friends. Lozano. Now on Lozano.com. Good luck trying to spell Lozano or whatever the f*** it's called.